And welcome back to DestroProds.com Movies and Television Podcast. Once again, apparently the only podcast we fucking do around here. God damn it, I'm bad at my job. Uh, at least you don't blame everyone else. No wonder nobody no wonder nobody supports us on Patreon at patreon.com DestroProds, like at the sidebar. Or follow us on YouTube at youtube.com slash DestroProds, link in the sidebar. That link's in the description. Oh, sorry. And also the sidebar, actually. Yes, we have the social count. Yeah. <sighs> We're uh, trying to get some more stuff out for you on uh, YouTube, uh, some more gaming content. Uh, just have to get things organized on that front. I have shit in the docket. It's coming. Just kind of want to get more of a variety of stuff so it's not just, hey, here's Dog and Rampa. Here's another one. Well. Here's another one. If you, Here's Borderlands. If you want to do, do some variety gaming, we could always do some like shitty games like Scribble.io or something. Nah, I meant, I meant like just... We have, a, we have our ongoing series and it's just... I, I, try, I, try to, I try to like, you know, stagger it a bit so it's not just here's the thing, then here's the thing, then here's the same thing, then here's the same thing, then here's the same thing, then here's, the same thing then here's something different. Like I, I, I kind of want to do it like a rotating thing of like, here is a James thing, here's a me thing, here's a caveman thing, and it's kind of like boom, 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 boom kind of thing, but... You know, people have lives, apparently. And we will figure out Simcest. I promise. That's enough about that. Let's talk about movies. I actually watched a thing. As did I. And it's a new thing, and not just something that I find interesting. I only watched things I find interesting. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I do too, I guess, but... Well, no, okay, that's not to be fair, because I also force a lot of people to watch a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Don't I know it. It's coming soon. All kinds of bullshit. So much bullshit. So much. So <laughs> much. I need to make sure this computer can log into Netflix still. Huh. Well, anyway. It's Caveman, what's the thing you watched? Alright, so, um... To begin with, I, okay, when I say Doctor Strange, you probably think of the most recent, like, Marvel movie containing him. The live action one with uh, Captain No Chin Mick Sherlock pants. Um, Oh, personally, I I envision the one, I envision the Doctor Strange that appeared in the Hulk TV show back in the fucking 80s. (laughs) Don't you mean the uh, original TV movie back in the 1970s, I think it was? Sure. No, my actually Four my was in favorite that. My favorite Doctor Strange movie is the 2007 animated Doctor Strange. Um and that's not to decry the most recent live action Doctor Strange. I fucking love that movie. It reignited my love for Doctor Strange. Yeah, Bramble Patch but- Cumberbund was great. But my first introduction to Doctor Strange, like formal introduction, not just seeing him in the background, was the 2007 animated Doctor Strange. And that is because, as far as comics were concerned at the time, I was a DC boy. I didn't, I didn't read Marvel. How'd that work I, out for you? 
about as well as, you know, New 52 can be expected. <laughs> oh, God, New 52. Yeah, uh, that was... They've gotten worse. Yeah, I know. Check out, yeah, check out uh, I have, our... No, I, I've, I've actually stopped reading any, like, of those two... I'm not saying of, check like, out a comic. I'm saying check out the podcast that me, Birdie, and Nico did where we broke down the entirety of Heroes in Crisis. Nah, you don't need to do that. We just, already did just it. Lis- just, just listen to the movies and TV podcast three times on repeat, and it'll be about as boring. Hey, I think it was only two hours, <laughs> and we actually had to talk about it all the way through. It was a good conversation where we got to shit in the bad book. <laughs> um, it was fun, seen, and it got talked. You and it got talked about in another podcast. <laughs> you haven't, uh, you haven't seen this, have you? Uh, no, I have not. It is an absolute classic. I have not seen so it, Doctor Strange: The Sorcerer Supreme. So it follow the beginning follows the the classical story arc of how Doctor Strange, you know, becomes the Sorcerer Supreme. He is an amazing surgeon, gets into an accident, fucks his hands up, can't get over himself long enough to realize, you know, there are other ways that I could potentially help people. So I'm going to go blow all of my money and the money this girl who likes me is willing to give me on hokum and magic cures. Oh, hell yeah. Where he eventually comes to find the um, Sanctum Sanctorum, uh, and begins learning magic. Uh, this is before the whole Eye of Agamotto was the time stone thing. So they kind of just gave every major sorcerer in the order an Eye of Agamotto, like mini. Yeah, because the, the Eye of Agamotto was like just a spell or like an or like an yeah. artifact or something. Like it wasn't. They made it. The they made the Eye of Agamotto something a lot more important in the movies because they needed to. Yeah, but um, so. Um, uh, it's Dormammu, right? Yep, Dormammu. Dormammu tr- is trying to come back into the mortal world. In this wor- in this show, he's like heralded by certain events, and he's using the nightmares of comatose children to grow in power or something like that. Hell yeah, dude, it's fucking metal. Um, and one of the people who's supposed to be training... Doctor Strange is a pissant whiner baby because, you know, Strange is better than him. But he was like, I was the best student before you showed up. Is it Mordu? No, I'm gonna. Uh, what? Is I think so. Uh, yeah, I think it's Mordu. Yeah, of course. I can't remember is. the name. I'm gonna go join Dormammu and become super evil. Cause. It's like, oh, this white boy's doing better than me. I gotta go evil now. Yeah. Although he had. Like, what are you doing here, Sinestro? This movie had one of my my favorite explanations for nonsense swords that look badass as fuck. And their swords are literally manifested magical energy in the shapes that they choose. So Mordu's sword is like this stupidly impossible to make, twisted, gnarled, like, fantasy animu sword. And yeah, it totally shit. makes sense that an asshole like him would manifest a blade like that. You think an asshole like him would manifest a fucking gun? <laughs> they never made guns. Yeah, like th- like that's kind of the asshole move, like to me, like of just this idea of all right. So yeah, we got these fucking magic people. They manifest well, our no, own weapons. He was very traditional. He was very traditional. He didn't like outsiders. So okay, I so Stephen, the one who makes the gun. 
Yeah, that would be awesome, actually. That would totally... Marvel, you heard it from us. Have Doctor Strange in your movies manifest a canon. Okay, I at that point, it actually just is Green Lantern. I don't care. No, 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 not like, like glowy cannon. I mean, like, call a cannon from a ship to fire at someone. Like, no, open a portal to where they're having, like, naval battle games so that the rounds go through the portal. <laughs> okay, yeah, there we go. That would be fucking awesome. I was, I was going to yes. say, like, him, like, I was going to say, like, him, like, floating a fucking cannon, and that's basically Magneto. No, oh, 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 or he could, um, he could, like, open a portal to a military shooting range so that as the bad guy's coming down the alleyway, you've got nothing left, strange. Well, I happen to know that the 5th Platoon is practicing with live ammo today. Opens portal, fills <laughs> bad guy with lead. <laughs> that shit would be hilarious. Even if it didn't work because it was like some some uber demon. Like, it would still be hilarious to see. Like, yeah. that's his distraction. The 5th Platoon filling him with lead. That would be great. Marvel, go ahead and use the idea. I won't make you pay me too much for it. You know, just like... A tenth of a hundredth of a percent on every ticket sale. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I'll take like, if you use any of my ideas, I'll take like, I don't know, hundred bucks. Just flat. Or or $2,000. Just $2,000 straight, because that's probably cheaper for you. My, yeah, my, my max cap is $200, otherwise it starts affecting my disability. <laughs> So you know who to listen to, Marvel. That would be hilarious, though, if he just, like, portaled opens. Like, how do you know they're practicing? Oh, because I flew by right before they went, while, while they were loading their guns. Make him a lot more British. But, yeah, whatever. Um, but, yeah. Uh, this movie is absolutely brilliant. Um, it's very well animated. The voice acting, in my opinion, is on point for everybody including Mordu, despite Mordu, because Mordu's a ham, but it feels right for With a right name like fucking him. Mordu. Yeah, it feels right for Mordu. Like, like I was re-watching Avatar, and I was like, man, some of these characters are really hammy, and it doesn't feel right. But Doctor Strange, yeah, he's a ham, and it's great. Mordu, that's the fucking thing. I was like, Mordu. Okay, I was like, okay, okay I... Are we doing this right? But then, yeah. Yeah, Baron Mordo. Yeah. He's an asshole. Um, who well, gets multiple people killed. Yeah, fair. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, moving on from something from, you know, the last two decades uh, to something from the 50s. Oh, wow. Strangers I, on a Train. Just before, before that, I... You were like, yeah, he's a bit hammy, but... So, so I did a Google image search for Bear Mordo, and, like, second image result is a motherfucker in a what looks like green snakeskin leather jacket with long flowing black hair and a very pointy goatee screaming to the sky, foolish girl, you were right, you should have let me die. And I was like, oh, okay, he's, he's ham, he's a that's, pig. That's actually the top image search. <laughs> for me, that's the number one. Yeah, for for me the uh, first for the top for me the first top image search is uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. I love his robes in the movies. I want to own that outfit. <laughs> I, I like robes. 
Fe- they feel like, you know, the kind... Oh, actually, here's the image for, uh... Doctor, the uh, movie. So let me see if I can't drop that. Is he in his weird... Like, in the movie, is he in his weird fucking, like, borderline... Okay, no, so he's not in... Okay, I was worried he was... I was actually wondering if he was going to be in, like, the borderline Iron Fist outfit he sometimes wears. No, no. He, he, he stays very traditional the entire time. Um... So as as the segu- as the segue implied, uh, strangers on the tr- on a train, the original strangers on a train from 1951. Man, that movie creeped me out more than I thought it would. <laughs> like the guy playing the psycho. Ah, uh, what was his name? What was his name? Got to do a quick Google search here. But the guy playing the psycho actually creeped me creeped me out. Like. I genuinely was like, ah, why are you still talking to this guy? <laughs> and it, it felt, it genuinely felt to me like, like this guy was like, he could misinterpret what was being said. So Robert Walker and, uh, plays Bruno Anthony. Bruno Anthony. I actually don't remember. Well, me, according me, uh, yeah, according to Wikipedia, on a train, Haynes meets a psychopath, Bruno Anthony, played by Robert Walker. Yeah, that's him. That's the guy. Alrighty. Yeah, I have been meaning to watch this. Like there has, there has been a, there's been like an ever growing fucking list of movies I've been meaning to watch. It is worth the sit, especially because you know, 1950s movie, relatively short. I mean, you could probably finish it in one poop session. It is 101 minutes. Yeah, one poop session for you. <laughs> uh, uh, so, the for those of you who don't know, and if you don't, then I pity you because this is actually a very classic story that's been redone in several ways. It's Alfred Hitchcock. And several of them are good. Not all of them. Uh, yeah, of course This not. is my personal favorite. This is my personal favorite version of Strangers on a Train. And... I mean, it is the classic, so it gets points for that. Yep. The original got it right. So, um... Our main character, um... I think his name... I think he was Guy Haynes, was? Um, let me double check. Yeah. Guy Haynes. Uh, he's a tennis star. And he's on a train, and he meets Bruno. Who is that obsessive, creepy fan that I hope one day to have? <laughs> um, and not because I want them to offer to kill someone for me, but because that means I've made it. <laughs> As a novelist, if someone approaches you on a train and says, Hey, are you the guy who wrote that thing? Yes, I am. Now please leave me alone. Hey, you wrote that thing. That's so good, I bled on my copy, so it'll be mine forever. But yeah, uh... They they get to chatting and guys talking about how he's going to settle up the divorce with his soon to be ex wife who was sleeping with every Tom Dick and Harry in town before he became famous. And Bruno's like, yeah, I hate my father just like you hate your ex wife. And the guy guy's like, I don't really hate her. She's just you know a problem right now. Yeah, you know it would be a great idea. If we swapped murders, because then nobody would be able to trace them back to us. Yeah, just strangers on the train who killed people. 
and then guy guy reacts like okay let me try and get as far (laughs) away from you as possible uh goes to meet his wife his current wife it's a bit stuffy in here let me just take a step outside let me just jump off the train all right what uh his wife wait a bitch his wife turns out to be a massive bitch who, even though she insisted on the divorce, now doesn't want to divorce anymore because she's pregnant and that would look bad. Oh, wow. Fuck her. Mo- also, also because she wants his money. All of, of course. His, all of his tennis money. Wait, why? This must be a 50s thing. Of just like, hey, divorcing while pregnant so your single mom would look bad. But no, no, no. Uh, it would look bad because it would mean that, you know, she got pregnant out of wedlock. And 50s, really conservative. Would it, though? Because they the 50s had math. Uh, they she, she was actually planning on telling the judge that she was pregnant with his child if he tried to force the, ma- the divorce. Which would ruin his career. Cat, you are under my foot. Yeah. You are under my foot. But so why doesn't she just why doesn't she just do that then? Because if she doesn't have to go to court, then she doesn't have to waste money on a uh, a lawyer. Yeah, and like she it's, can get it, more money out of him. I I don't know. I think I think I'm coming from like I think I'm coming at this from like a post '80s thing, where I'm just where I'm just like, oh yeah, so she's pregnant with this kid. She she's gonna divorce him. So which at which point he'll have to pay child support and alimony and he and she will get all of his money because that's how the courts work. Yeah, well she might also not know about that because it's the fifties, divorce isn't that common. Yeah, because they haven't really done the no fault divorce thing yet. Yep. Um Like I said, I'm, I'm th- like I said, I think I'm looking at this from a post eighties mindset. Uh but so like he basically is like, I could strangle this bitch. And then Psycho Boy strangles that bitch. (laughs) And then the rest of the movie is... It's this kind of tense Hitchcockian thriller where you're like, are the cops going to arrest him for it? They think he did it. They have a tail on him because they suspect him. Oh my god. Is the bad guy going to win? Because that's the kind of shit Hitchcock would pull. Hitchcock would let the bad guy win. Yeah. If it made for a better story. That's, uh, that, I think that's just kind of noir. Yeah, but in the end, uh, bad guy, you know, does bad guy shit and gets, you know, in trouble for it. And we actually have a happy ending for once. And I fucking loved this movie. Man. I literally put this on because I was like, eh, I need some background noise. <laughs> I've seen the more modern versions of this. I've seen Horrible Bosses. Mu- it's basically the same, right? I, I don't need to pay too much attention to the, oh my god, why am I watching this so intently? I, mean, I Guy, why are you talking to him? It's a bad idea. I no, Sim, been. stop bothering me that you're starving to death. <laughs> <laughs> I have been meaning to get deeper and deeper into the fucking noir. I've been meaning to fall into a fucking noir hole for years now. Well, you know what that means, right? You should find some noir movies, and we no, could. Yeah, do I, let's. I have. I have been. I, I have. No, and and we could do let's watches of them. We could. Yes, we could. Yeah, I've been. I've been meaning to do it just because, like, I. It's like I've always loved the idea of the noir setting. Um, I had like I, I watched fucking Chinatown, and that was goddamn amazing. 
Uh, just that first season of Jessica Jones was really good, and it was also like very noir-tinged. Um, Black Sad, a comic book that is a detective noir story about animal people. And I have had one movie sitting in my fucking queue forever that I've needed to watch called Kiss Me Deadly, which is... Ooh, I've heard that's really good. Yeah, it, it gets fucking weird, dude. And, like, so many fucking noir movies have a meaning to, like, sit down and just fucking watch. And at some point, I may bring back the whole fucking theme month and just make us all make us watch just a bunch of noir movies. It must be a I'd bit, be up for that. It might be a bit difficult for you getting a hold of them, though. Well, a lot of them are available for stream on Netflix or Hulu. Yeah, fair. But just... I feel I feel like the one or, I feel like the one or two like the couple of them that I'd like be really down like this is this needs to be on the list. It's like yeah, it's not on either. I, like, I I'm sure there might be a way for me to find it, and if not, you could just watch those with Birdie. It'd be weird doing a whole month just just half and half. I know that's, that's how I know that's how we started doing it, but that's life though. <laughs> yeah, it's like, fair. Okay, so I've talked about an animated uh, piece of brilliance that I think that I think is pivotal to watch to understand, if not like if not uh, just to understand the character, but to see kind of where a lot of the bigger ideas in the Marvel universe, Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, got started, to a pivotal classic of the noir style, all the way to the far is it the west or the east? I always get those confused. Uh, for what? For, uh, what I think is a Chinese film? That's the East. I don't know. We are West, they are East. I don't know where this film came from. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the the way that kind of works is you put England in the center of a map, and then whatever is to the West is the Western world, whatever is to the East is the Eastern world. Well, if you go far enough around, but no, I'm kidding. So, I have been Welcome to Eurocentric, welcome to Eurocentric worldview. I have been on a kung fu movie kick. I just realized that joke. And I actually have two kung fu movies to talk about with you today. <laughs> the first is The Five Deadly Venoms, which can be found on Netflix. Okay, you wrote down just The Five Venoms, so I thought you watched five different movies about Venom. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, they- no. <laughs> I was like, wait, are you making a joke that Venom feels like five different movies, or are you making, or have you watched a bunch of animated movies about Venom, including the, and then also the Tom Hardy one? So, now this is one of those movies where if you stop paying attention for even a few minutes, you're not going to know what the fuck's going on. Oh. Because it jumps from moment to moment to moment to moment very quickly. So, in the beginning, we've got a Kung Fu master... Like, doing kung fu master things? Like, he, he was weird. Um, and he's dying. And he tells his final student to go follow up with uh, on five of his former pupils. Because he taught them each a special t- style of kung fu. Uh, the centipede, the snake, the scorpion, the gecko, and the toad. I think it was the gecko. The gecko or the lizard. Okay. Um, and, like... It's supposed to be, oh, these are all poisonous animals, so, um, you know, they're the Venoms. Um, Venom. And, like, they each gained superpowers, kind of, sort of, 
maybe. They're not superpowers. Ish. They're just masters of kung fu. Uh-huh. Oh. What? They're just circulating key. It's fine. Yeah, well. If you if you'd watched well. any of Dragon Ball, you would know that magic is different than key. That still pisses me off, but okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, well, one person is using a levitation spell; the other person's energy is forcing them into the air. Uh, the student eventually goes into the city where all of the five venoms happen to be, because reasons. Well, yeah, uh, they, they, need, they need a boss crawl, or sorry, a boss. Yeah, rush. well, that's that's kind of. That would be what it was if he actually fought any of them. <laughs> I don't remember him fighting any of them. Like, he befriends one of them and then uses politics to defeat them all. Like, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, like, again, this is a movie where if you stop paying attention for even a few minutes, you are fucked. This is a kung fu movie that builds it all, that builds the fucking... Oh no, they're still fighting. It's just not like the main character who does it. Then what's the point of the main character being a kung fu man? I don't know. I just I don't remember him fighting even once. I kind of need to rewatch this movie. Like like (laughs) that's how like I I have to say this. That's how good this is. I'm willing to go back and rewatch a dubbed foreign film. Like imagine watching The Raid, and instead of instead of it being some motherfucker running through. Beating motherfuckers to death and stabbing them through the face with with parts of a broken door frame. Instead, he defeated them with housing loss. <laughs> that would be awful. Um, yeah. And I I do recommend watching the dub, if only because it lets you pay attention to the action better, and the action is very good. Um. Also, we're watching fucking kung fu movies from the seventies. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta get that. You gotta, you gotta get that good old 1970s dubbing. Yeah, which isn't as bad as I expected, but still entertainingly bad. <laughs> oh. Um, but the other movie, which I remember much better, because I could not stop myself from laughing several times at it. Um. So if I told you that I watched a movie starring a con man who eventually accidentally masters kung fu so that he can get he so that he can start a union what would you say like a workers union yes okay the, this is the 36th chamber of shaolin <laughs> okay um so our main character is he's introduced somewhat later into the story than I'm used to in kung fu movies. Usually I'm used to the the main character being like, "Oh, he's already practicing martial arts." But we get introduced to him when he comes by with medicine to help treat his friends after they got the shit kicked out of them. And they all are like, "You're not a Shaolin monk. Stop pretending." <laughs> <laughs> but then one of them comes up with the bright idea. Wait, he's pretending to be a Shaolin monk. What if we got him to pretend at the bad guys? Huh? Then oh, he could okay, convince so it's one of these to, kind of things. Yeah, then he could convince them to give us our proper pay. So, 
they, he, he goes and does his con job and eventually gets found out and gets his ass kicked. And they're like, look, you've got to actually... Like, none of them take the responsibility on themselves. They say to him, you have to go to the Shaolin Temple and master Kung Fu. Uh-huh. And he does it, because... And he then proceeds to try and con his way into Shaolin temples, including gluing pieces of wheat to his forehead in the formation of the dots, both to fool low-ranking members of the temple, as well as get free stuff off of people. Because they give free shit to the brothers. Okay, then. Uh, He finally gets to the, like, best temple in the area. And proceeds to try and lie his way into it. And when he finally get like, when he's finally found out, it's, it's after a bit of Kung Fu, which kind of shows him as a natural Kung Fu artist. Because he's able to expertly dodge a true Kung Fu master, while also profusely apologizing and attempting to still con him. This he sound- never stops conning. This sounds like what if Kung Fu <coughs> Hustle was a real movie. Yes. Yes. It is, it, it, it is hilarious. So the head monk is like, look, you can uh, stay with us, but you got to do some things first. All right. Uh, first, uh, uh, oh, uh, at one point he like bound a bunch of like fibers together to make fake hair. And he claimed to have dyed his hair because he didn't want anybody to see that it was uh, gray. So the master's like, you will use this well to clean yourself, but you are not allowed any buckets. You get a rock and some rope. So he takes the rock and starts throwing it into the well to try and splash water on himself. And just like masters some kind of kung fu from that Um, then he's then he's told all right your next task is to put up scaffolding so like he learns what he calls later scaffolding kung fu and actually kicks a lot of ass with it yeah i've seen the karate kid it's so fun um but, like, so he, he learned some stuff, and eventually he leaves. I think he gave up or something, because I don't remember the abbot kicking him out, but he might have kicked him out. Uh, and he comes back, and they're all like, you learned kung fu, you learned kung fu. And he's like, I didn't learn it. And then throws someone up into the air 50 feet, <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> and, like, he doesn't see it, because he threw them up as he was walking away. So all of his friends find him and assume that he learned kung fu, but is refusing to help them for some reason. But they manage to convince him that he's learned kung fu, so he then goes back to the guys. Now, the labor union thing, um, the, the his friend's boss owns a dyeing company. And he had been, like, giving his workers worse quality dyes and expecting the same quality work. But he like he used the money from buying lower quality dyes to hire thugs. The thugs were kicking the asses of anyone who tried to complain about getting their pay garnished. So he goes in and just wipes the floor with all of the asses of every single one of these thugs. 
And then the boss of the thugs comes out and is like, I'll kick your ass! And proceeds to almost get impaled on a punji pit. And all of this he does with scaffolding kung fu. And they fight with benches at one point, which I assume is a genuine thing in martial arts. I've it seen it like a lot in Jackie Chan movies. Made. It seems like they were specifically made for the purpose of fighting, so I don't know. But yeah, the 36th Chamber is well worth a watch. I can't give the same recommendation to Five Deadly Venoms because I don't remember it well enough. But I will rewatch it and I will come back to you. Yeah, that's another. This is another thing I've been trying to get into. Like, I think the like the only real like fucking like like kung fu action movie stuff that I've seen, like like the heavy martial arts stuff, has been like you know the raid or the man with the iron fists. Oh, that was great! Yeah, the RZA kung fu movie, starring Dave Bautista and a very drunk Russell Crowe. What are you looking at? I got a knife gun. So, there is one last thing that I want to talk about, and I am so happy that it exists. Oh? A few years ago, the Mythbusters retired. Ah. Then some idiots tried to take over, and that didn't go very well, so they kind of got shelved as far as I'm aware. I really hope they aren't still That was Project trying. White Rabbit? No, no. There was a Mythbusters, like, revival. Ah, okay. White Rabbit's great. No. Um, okay, I, I'd, heard, now, I'd heard, I believe, on this podcast some not great things about Project White Rabbit. Yeah, I enjoyed White Rabbit. Um, but now they've got Mythbusters Jr. Which, I know it sounds like a bad idea, but hear me out. They got Adam Savage and a bunch of hyper-intelligent kids. Like, one of them is a 12-year-old who's double majoring in college, and he's already a sophomore. He has more education than me already, and he's 12. Yeah, I... When you said this, I figured it would be like a... Almost like a popular mechanics for kids kind of thing. No, it is where it a would, myth... Where it it is be, a Mythbusters where all the myths are te- resolved by children. Yeah, like, it is like, a legitimate Mythbusters. Like, what I assumed was it would be like... Like I don't, I don't mean like popular mechanics for kids. I mean like I, I mean like you know a similar kind of format to that where essentially it's hosted by two, you know, youths, and then they would like go to actual experts and test like theories based off of stuff for, like submitted by children. Nope, it is legitimate MythBusters. It's just starring a cast of youths, the generation that Adam and Jamie wanted to inspire with their show, and I am ecstatic about it because. The kids are all fun. They got Adam back, who was one of my two favorite Mythbusters. The also, other one being Jamie. But. Also, would it have been that hard? Yeah, was it that hard to get Adam back? I feel oh, like hell no. no. <laughs> uh, hell no. Like, I think he needed a break from Mythbusters, but having been a subscriber to Tested for a while, I think he'd been trying to, like, recreate Mythbusters on his own YouTube channel for a while there. <laughs> I It still bugs me that that's... That, that's Described as Adam Savage's tested. Why does it bug you? Because it's not. So here's the thing. So tested was originally part of a company called Whiskey Media. Whiskey Media, uh, they owned sites including Comic Vine, um, Screened, and Giant Bomb. Okay. 
the site was launched by Will Smith, not that one, and, <laughs> yeah, and Norman Chan. And it was essentially, they would do, like, tech videos and stuff, and then they would also add, like, you know, a wiki section or whatever. And then, and then Whiskey Media fell through, so then Adam Savage bought Tested and renamed it to Adam Savage's Tested. Well, he does have that right as the owner. Yeah, but it's still just, hey, like, hey, yeah, this is yours. A lot of people kind of, it, it gives all this mess, it gives all this, like, visual, at least to me, of, hey, this is the thing that I built. Which, no, this is the thing that Norman and Will built, and then you came in and brought new people but still keeping Norman Will I think went off to do fucking went off to start a VR company but still comes in to do the podcast well it's a um, it's a personal thing for me nothing nothing against fucking Adam Savage Uh, I'm not a Mythbusters guy it seems like something I would be into I just haven't gotten into it well I'm a huge Mythbusters guy as should be any time you've heard me ramble on about Mythbusters it should be evident um and I am also a huge fan of Mythbusters Jr. uh there's an entire scene of it up season up of it on on Hulu it's well worth a watch it's very enjoyable what? unless you're Canadian apparently well, boohoo for you. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to feel bad because I got to watch it all, uh, and I'm probably going to rewatch it all. <laughs> oh, there is actually one more thing that I want to talk about. Um, I just need to figure out what the fuck it was called. <laughs> it's got one of those weird, like, oh, we're we're implying certain things by its name, but oh yeah, uh, blown away. Which is a glass-blowing competition show. Okay. Yeah. I love it. However, I have something somewhat controversial to say. Oh, you have something... Is it controversial, like, for real, or controversial to the glass-blowing community? It's kind of controversial for real. Okay. So you might want to disagree with me here just to cover your ass. So, the first season ended with the two strongest competitors. I will not deny that. I can't remember either of their names, but they were both masters of their craft. They'd been doing it for 30 years. They both deserve every ounce of respect they get. And in my opinion, the wrong person won. And in my opinion, they won for the wrong reason. The entire season, uh, this uh, person had been highly antagonistic towards every other participant and hyper-feminist to the point of excluding others. And I say this because at one point she refers to herself as other when there were other, when there was another person on the show as, that was other and she referred to herself as the only representative of otherness. Now, that I had a problem with. Her glass blowing, beautiful. I didn't have a problem with her glass blowing. I had a problem with her winning the entire competition because of what I believe is the reason why she won. Because I don't think she turned in a better product in the end. 
In the final round, they were asked to present pieces that represented their entire body of work. Set up a display space, and she decided to go for a, like, she, she decided to make realistic-looking food, which was impressive. But it didn't impress me personally. The other guy decided to deliver a message about climate change and made several very beautiful pieces, like, artistically depicting, like, his views on the world and how things need to be protected and such. And I feel like the entire time they were talking about the other person's they were referring to things like, oh, it's a very feminist goal, and I understand about how uh, there's there's this sexual, there's this clear divide in the workspace, which I'm not saying doesn't exist. I definitely believe it exists, because in any industry, there's going to be at least a period, while it's still becoming popular again, where it's highly sexist yeah. in one direction or the other. That's just a fact. Like, when YouTube was first becoming a thing, I genuinely heard someone say, I can't believe this girl thinks she can have a gaming channel. She should stick to makeup channel. (laughs) And I was offended for her. But I think they chose the woman because they did not, they want, they wanted, they either wanted to get a message across uh, of oh everything is fair and balanced on this show we do not judge based on sex or because they were afraid that they would get flamed for not picking her because i do not think she turned in a high enough quality of work to win so and that is a personal opinion for clarification s- i have not seen this show so i have no opinion on this matter actually uh, but if you do a Google search of um, "blown away winner," the second result is a can't is a change.org petition to reverse her win. Wow. Okay. Um. I I don't think that's right. <laughs> yes. Uh, the petition started by a person whose name I will not mention. Uh, writes Deborah's work often won because of the message the judges interpreted. The quality of her work was noticeably was noticeably less superior to the other contestants. The winner of the show should have been decided on ability and skill rather than political agendas. I agree with that. I don't believe that her win should be reversed. I just feel like personally she shouldn't have won. And there is an important difference there. I don't want to take what she in many ways earned i want the judges to know that that should not be how it should be run in the future they should take into account quality of work not the message that they can potentially send and the message that like is trying to be sent because it's not fair to everyone else who worked their asses off and apparently didn't have a good enough message for you yeah, like it's, it might just be like a TV thing, but if you are on, if you are entering into a competition, ostensibly, where you'll where you'll be judged by your skill in the craft, what you think about things shouldn't really inform a decision. If that's like like if, if if it was a show about like fucking blacksmithing. Or fuck, or like, 
Like blacksmithing, fucking making cakes, all that kind of shit. You should be judging the product. Not what you were saying when you were making the product. Well, actually, what they are saying is an important piece of it because they write a short entry about what, like, the meaning behind things are for them. Yeah, sure, great. You you can, yeah, you can fucking have the most artistic goddamn thing, whatever. If it's trash, like, I, like I could technically get on that show, bring in a pile of broken glass, and have a really deep meaning behind it. I'm actually surprised that didn't happen in one episode. Yeah, like you're like I could I could go in there and fucking show and fucking have blown no glass and then say yo it's a fucking like metaphor about our place in society or some bullshit and I could be the most artistic goddamn bullshit in the goddamn world. I should not win a glass blowing competition because of it. You might make it through round one though, given the way they were talking. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I just bring in a cup that I bought at the dollar store. <laughs> This is my representation of the value those on the outside place on the amount of effort that we put into it. We put far more work than people acknowledge into our crafts, and people don't want to pay the prices that we deserve. I mean... I lose in round one. I lose in round one, then a week later I open an art gallery. (laughs) (laughs) And all the hipsters are there. (laughs) Yeah, and then I gas them. It was, it was that was my long con. I got into this glass blowing competition to immediately get to immediately get fucking booted, but to engender myself to the artist community so that I could kill them all. <laughs> then as then as I be then as I'm being fucking carted away to prison, I'm just screaming, It was performance art. <laughs> and then a petition opens to get you released because performance art is protected by free speech or something. Yeah. Yeah, change.org, a change.org petition that's being championed by Maria Abramovich. <laughs> oh man. Uh, wow. Fucking glass blowing, really? Yeah. That is for some reason that is a really weird thing to base a show on for me. Like and this is coming from a guy who was super into Man at Arms, the blacksmithing comp the blacksmithing YouTube series. Dude, it is so worth a watch. Like I am not even like like any like any motherfucker out there who has like that kind of fucking talent to be able to to be able to fucking craft metal or glass. Fucking props to you. That is some weird goddamn shit. And it is such it is so worth the watch though. Like on Imgur, I saw someone call I saw I saw someone call a uh, molten glass danger honey. Yeah, that's kind of very accurate. Because it is very dangerous, honey. Man, I... But no, it it, it looks like honey when it's melted. Yeah. And you could get a lifetime burn. I spent spent way too much time on Imgur lately where I've started to, I've started to, like, adopt in my head. Like, not actually talking, just in my own fucking internal catalog. I've started to fucking, like, put, I've started, like replace words with imger words for them <laughs> like with ferrets i have to like after with ferrets i have to internally change it back to ferrets before i say it otherwise i'll say it a fucking cat snake <laughs> <clears throat> i did not even know that was the thing 
Yeah, <laughs> dude. The internet has stupid names for everything. I believe that. I just didn't know it was a thing. Yeah, that's why I. That's why I, I haven't called the fucking Doctor Strange actor by his real name on recording for a while. Because the internet has. Because the internet has fucking rotted my brain to the point where I'm not allowed to anymore. You have been tainted. As opposed to the reason why I. As opposed to the reason why I pronounce M. Night Chaka Khan's name differently is because I don't respect him as a creative. Because he fucked up so. Because he fucked up the Avatar series. Oh, man. Just fuck that guy. I still view the Empire Islands Players episode as their take on how bad the movie was, even if I'm pretty sure the. The that that episode came out before the movie. Yeah, it did. The reason that mo- the reason that episode came out was because they. I don't. I think. I, I think the re- like the way they talked about it was they were told to do a clip show, but wanted to do but I wanted to do a not clip show. Well, that's what that's actually the joke I made. It was like it's the best kind of clip show. So yeah, and then it was kind of and then it was kind of deeply tragic going into fucking Legend of Korra when they did an actual clip show. That they specifically did because Nickelodeon cut their budget. Mm-hmm. Hey, get ready for the live action in Avatar last year, Bench Series coming to Netflix. Woo! I can be helpful. It's done by the original creators, so I guess we can, but same time. Child actors. Uh, I was going to say at the same time. Fucking goddamn Earthbender. That was the next one in the cycle. Yeah. I'd like to get to that. I'm actually, I've actually gotten to the point where I'm starting to write fanfics because I'm just so tired oh, of not getting the stuff that I want. Oh, honey, that's a dangerous road. I know, but just, it's the one I'm on now because they won't give me what I wish. Just whenever you finish writing a fanfic, just do a quick like Control F to try to find any slash mention. Oh no 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 no! I'm creating my own stuff. No, I I know I know you're creating your own stuff. It's just, it's a like I said, it's a dangerous road. It's a slippery slope. Just one day you're making your own stuff. The next thing you know, you have a you have a fucking fanfic.net account. Well, that's all I had to talk about. Positive criticism only, please. Anyway, on to my stuff. So I got two things. They're both new. Well, new when I watched them. One's a TV show, one's a movie. I started the movie. I saw the new Spider-Man Far From Home. It's it's good. It's just fucking good. Oh, fuck. These... God damn it. Fucking... I keep wanting to stop caring about Marvel. But then they just make a good. They just make good fucking movies. It bugs me because then I have to fucking care. But yeah, I think Spider-Man: Far From Home is better than Homecoming. Okay. Which. I mean, it's. I I don't even know where I was going with that thought anyway. Uh yeah so. Spider-Man Far From Home, for those who don't know, it's Mysterio. Spider-Man goes to fucking Europe, and then Mysterio happens. And for some reason, in a bunch of... 
reviews I've seen from other people, they have put a spoiler alert before they mention the shit about Mysterio, which, no. Every, we, we know who Mysterio is. Everyone knows who Mysterio is, even if they don't. And describing a character shouldn't be a spoiler, I don't think. Like, the goddamn second those trailers came out, literally everyone knew what the plot of this movie was. Maybe not the specifics, but they knew what the story was. They saw it, saw Mysterio show up and go, oh, okay, it's all fake. Which, yeah, of course, of course it is. He's Mysterio. Ray Mysterio. <laughs> Actually, funny thing. Uh, I ha- I have genuinely been resisting saying that anytime anyone mentioned Mysterio for the past month. Yeah, but hey, funny it's thing. Very difficult. Um, at this year's WrestleMania, Miss Ray Mysterio finally dressed up as Mysterio. That's perfect. Yeah, he has never dressed up as Mysterio. I don't think until that until this year's WrestleMania, where he lost in a minute in less than a minute. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He had like he had like a knee injury that kept him from doing like a proper match. Oh, that's a shame. But he fucking got in there, landed his fucking 619 on Samoa Joe, then Joe got him into the Coquina Clutch and t- made him fucking pass out. Because Joe's a monster. And I mean that, like, as a wrestler, he is a fucking tank of a human. From what I've seen of, like, interviews and stuff, totally nice guy. Like a lot of wrestlers. Like, even The Miz, apparently. The Miz in wrestling is just this big asshole heel. But then, like, outside of it, he's just, like, the cool, he's just, like, the nicest dude. But anyway, yeah, with, uh, with Spider-Man, um, yeah, so it takes place, um, takes place a, you know, couple of years or whatever after, or, like, a couple of months, I think, after the fucking second snap. At the end of Endgame, where everyone got brought back from the dead, woo! And they're dealing with some of the ramifications of what happened with that, like, uh, like, a, like a bunch of characters, like some of the characters, they come came back and it's like, hey, so yeah, five years passed for these people. So someone that was like fucking ten when we last met him is now like one of the, one of the one of the main character, one of the main side characters for this thing is. It's like, hey, he was once this weird, like, scrawny little shitbag, but then time passed, and then he grew up hot to be the same age as fucking Peter and MJ, and then he's like, yeah, I kind of want to fuck, I kind of want to go with MJ. So, you know, there's that going throughout. And it just made me, I, I read this, I read, I read the movie, I think, a bit too much, and was seeing this weird, like, meta narrative thing going on where, like, where, like, Marvel is essentially talking to the fans of, like, hey, yeah, Iron Man's dead, but we have Spider-Man. He'll be the new face of Marvel. Yeah, even though fucking Iron Man does not show up in this at all, he is everywhere. Because, yeah, Iron Man fucking died, and so everyone got real sad about that. And they keep pushing, like, hey, Spider-Man's going to be the next Iron Man. And all this other shit. And I'm just like, fucking no, dude, don't. Please. Like, I know Spider-Man is the face of Marvel or whatever. Like, the, in the comics at least. But 
Keep him in New York. Let him deal with fucking crime, man. Yeah, he's been to space. He doesn't live in space. Stop making him go up against space shit. Just have him fucking fight bank robbers, man. Like, am I alone in this cave? No, no, I agree with you completely. Yeah, and so like this, uh, it it was a similar kind of scale to stuff, but like not really. It was essentially a build-up to scale. So I guess the movie's been out for a couple weeks now. Fucking spoilers, whatever. Do you care at all, Cave? Uh, I do because I'm planning on trying to see it this week. Fuck. I apologize. I apologize. I was hoping you hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, I, I literally told you I was going to go see it the day I saw it. I know, but you can understand me not believing you. <laughs> <laughs> we have a history. Fair. Totally fair. But yeah, it's... Uh, Okay, then I guess I'll fucking try to. Hmm. It's good. The kids are good. Um, they they've got a bit. They got a bit more into like just kind of, uh, like teen height, like teen vacation shenanigans stuff. Like one of the running jokes in the thing is that Ned starts dating uh the blonde girl from the school news. Okay, why is that a joke? Because they. Because, because, like, okay, they weren't dating at all, or had really talked to each other before, before this fucking school trip. Get in the plane. They disembark. They're dating. Wow, he is good. <laughs> and then that's kind of the joke. That's kind of the joke of the movie of just these two of this, of this dude. No relationship, but no relationship experience whatsoever. Trying to give Peter dating advice because he has this fucking big plan. Of like, all right, have the fucking five step plan for this vacation to try to get MJ to start oh, dating. Oh no! <laughs> Never have a five step. Pl- this, as someone who has successfully married, this is my first piece of advice for you. If you have a plan, you've planned too much. <laughs> <laughs> the plan should be, yeah, I'll, su- I'll tell her I like her, and uh, if she says no, back to being friends. That should be your entire plan when trying to get with a girl. Yeah, his plan was a five-step plan that involved multiple countries. Oh my god! Because they were going to multiple countries. Oh god, why? Such a bad idea. Wait, also, is one thing that like they they have. Oh god, damn it! I I love any goddamn Spider-Man media where Aunt May fucking knows. Good. It is. Good. It is a good idea to have Aunt May know. The fucking whatever retarded logic the comic writers put out there of them not of the person that you care about not knowing protecting them, that is the most idiotic thing I have ever heard of my entire fucking life. And it has been forever. Peter doesn't telling me actually doesn't make sense. Yes. It genuinely doesn't make sense. Because they can't prepare themselves for the outcome. Yes. Like like telling like, like the logic behind it all is all like the hero always says, if they know it will put them in danger. Fucking how? It literally will not. If you trust the person enough that they will be able to keep your fucking secret, then guess what? 
they'll keep your fucking secret. Them knowing doesn't all of a sudden put a fucking radar ping to goddamn kidnap whatever. And in Spider-Man's case, well, at least in comic Spider-Man, they are already a target because guess the fuck what? You professionally link yourself with Spider-Man. Yeah, it's really nonsense. Yeah, so in this, they don't have that happening, which is fine. And so at the end of at the end of Homecoming in the fucking post credit scene where he gets the fucking suit, Aunt May walks in, rips the like he like he takes the mask off, but he was like fucking doing all the Spider Man shit in his room with the door open. So Aunt May walks in, what the fuck? And then in this one, uh they started out with uh Peter working with his aunt essentially because his aunt had start his aunt had started a like a non-profit to help uh to help like raise funds to help people who'd been affected by the snap because you know hey i've been dead for five years they come back their houses are gone jobs gone um like like i think the i think the line of the movie was a bunch of people lost their homes because their homes were taken over by squatters yeah that makes sense yeah and so then aunt may you know, start this organization to raise money and get 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 like housing and support for people who'd been who'd been affected by the snap like that. And Spider Man was involved with it because if you have a fucking if you have a superhero as a nephew, why the fuck not? Which does eliminate the uh, game from canon. The what? You cut out there. The the Spider Man game from canon. It like was, it was an it was in a nebulous space of canonicity. But now it can't be canon because Aunt May doesn't know in the game. You mean the 2004 Spider-Man? You mean the PS4 Spider-Man game? Yeah, that was not canon ever. It felt like it was. It was trying to be canon. Like you came to the comics, you came to the movie. The movie. Mary Jane's white in the game. That's true. Never mind. <laughs> I completely forgot about Mary Jane because she's that important to the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the game had the game was never purporting itself to be canon. Well, he wears the suit though. I'm gonna play that today. But he he, he doesn't though. In the game, his suit has a there's a big fucking white accents all over it. Yeah, but he, he, it's one of the options. Yeah, so Spider Man Noir. That doesn't mean it's canon to Spider Man Noir. Yes, it's obviously canon to Spider Man Noir. It's the same Spider Man where the uh, multiverse happened. No. You know, into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, I know, but no, fuck you. Stop yelling at me and move on. I'm not yelling. I'm talking in a raised pitch. You're yelling at me. <laughs> Why do you hate me? Yeah, the one, like, a downside of the movie is that, like, a lot of it feels, a lot of it is a lot more of, like, a vacation movie kind of thing, where it is dealing, where it is, like, like I said, shenanigans all that other weird bullshit and then peter and mj kind of getting their stuff going um but but that doesn't feel like too much of a retread aside from retreading every relationship that's ever been in any movie ever and not so much of retracing the spider-man stuff because this mj is such a different character from mj previously which that's fine is is she mj beta and the others mj prime how are we going to assign these characters uh, like we need to name a way to refer to these. Like to so, this so this Mary Jane I'm referring to as MJ because she is the current MJ. Any other MJ, I will I will specify by saying what property that MJ came from. All right, then that works. Yes, MJ is the current MJ. When they eventually reboot this movie in seven years or whatever, 
and we get a new one, then that will be the current MJ. But yeah, I I, I like the uh, I like the new I like MJ as she is, just very cynical, sarcastic. That that, that, might, that might just be me. But having it be, but having a um, like MJ was like it's in the movies and stuff. She wasn't really uh she didn't really feel a whole lot like a like a person to me, but more like a, like a kind of a plot point almost. This it feels like a trope, but at least the, but at least a trope is a character. And it's a trope I and it's a trope I don't mind. I shockingly I have I have a bit of a soft spot for cynical assholes. No, I know, right? Weird. Uh, but yeah, um, this thing, big old fucking whole blue uh, relationship between uh Peter and Mysterio, because Mysterio positions himself as a new surrogate dad, because apparently Spider-Man can't have villains that aren't surrogate dads. Yay, surrogate papa. Yeah, fuck even the even the PS4 game. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it is like mysterious motivation, um, which I will not get into because Caveman has seen the movie. A mysterious motivation. I assume it's fame. <laughs> You're not far off. It's Mysterio. It's Mysterio. He yeah, always wants attention. I know, but they they've changed things up a bit and actually connected a bit more to the overall Marvel universe. In a rel- in an interesting way, yeah. Just, just like his his plan, the way he goes about it, the way that everything kind of like ties in together, it all works in a really good way. Uh, Mysterio, like Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio, is kind of amazing. Like they need to keep doing this with these Spider-Man movies. They need to keep taking like classic Spider-Man characters, giving them understandable motivations, and then having fucking real actors play them. Like that's kind of where a lot of these Marvel movies had fallen off, where they have, like, like, like at least like before, like, like those early Marvel movies where they had the villains, where it was just, where it was just, hey, we're gonna get somebody, put them in, ass loads of makeup, so you can't fucking see who the god who the goddamn are, and then their motivation is, I need to get the things to the blue laser. Blah. But then fucking Loki, Killmonger, Thanos. They have they've just been like having these characters where they're actual characters with motivations that you can understand and fucking pathos and there's a lot of time and there's even a couple there's a couple moments where you're like well okay you're not wrong but fuck you like fuck Vulture from the goddamn Homecoming he was fucking awesome yeah he just wanted to make money yeah he wanted to get his which is kind of the motivation for a lot of Spider-Man villains but guess the fuck what that is a solid motivation. Like 95% of Spider-Man's real villains are just bank robbers with a gimmick. And those villains are great. Spider-Man doesn't really have a nemesis outside of the public opinion of New York City. Like I, I've never... I've never gotten with people who've said like, yeah, it's fucking sp-. like, like, yo, Batman has the Joker. Spider-Man has the Green Goblin. No, he fucking doesn't. No, he really doesn't. Like a nemesis is essentially like a nemesis. As said in that fucking, sh- as said in that fucking Shaka Bra movie. You know, he's, the, you know, he's the villain because he's the opposite of the hero. 
Spider-Man doesn't really have that. He doesn't have fucking. He anti- doesn't have that in a single. Yeah, he, doesn't, he, doesn't have, he doesn't have a single person that is anti-responsibility. He doesn't have the nega Peter. He just kind of has this massive rogues gallery that's always like knocking over armored cars. My Spider-Man goes up and goes, goes fucking wubba lubba dub dub or whatever. And kicks him. And they're like, girl, I'm gonna get you, Spiderman. And he's like, oh god, Aunt May's gonna be fucking, I mean, he's gonna have a heart attack. Spooder munch, you will die. Oh, I'm gonna get you, Spider-Man. Batman can't protect you forever. Who's Batman? Sorry, wrong universe. How drunk are you? What, you never heard of Batman Piderman? <laughs> That's a thing. That is that is a, that is a web series of shittily animated Batman and Spider-Man sharing a house together being best friends. Bye Batman. Bye Spider-Man. I come over to the house. We're best friends. Oh man, I I really wish I knew Bruce Wayne in real life. Because <laughs> like, no, 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 like, like I don't even give a shit about the oh he's Batman. It's hey Bruce, I need a job. You know <laughs> the kind of person I am. Can you hook a brother up? Hey yo B, I need to get paid. <laughs> I suppose I can hook you hook you up in the mailroom. Perfect. I can work mailroom easy. It'll be a minimum wage position. It'll be a paid position. Wait, minimum wage? You pay your workers? No, minimum wage for my company. That's like $30 an hour. Oh, cool. How are you in business? Also, thank you. Because I pay my workers properly instead of being some asshole scumbag who thinks that not paying people is the best way to keep a business open. Yeah, but like 95% of your buildings blow up every week. Yeah, and I own construction companies that repair the rest of the city. This seems like a fiefdom, and I'm kind of okay with it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a good person. Not not really. Let's hope that I get Damien in line. I mean, he is the one who's going to inherit it all. Yes, and I will force you all to dance for me. Can I slap him? Nah, he's just having one of his crazy days. And he'd break your arm 17 times before you fell on the floor. I'll risk it. (laughs) (laughs) I want this to be a thing. Dude, why don't we, like, fuck... Why don't we just, like, do, like, stupid fucking, like, goofball videos. Like, record audio and then put it with stills from comics on YouTube. Because people do that shit. And we're funny. Not gonna lie. I was kind of hoping that I was kind of hoping that the audio would cut out, so it's like, dude, why don't we just fuck? Well, we can do that too, just, just for the recording. <laughs> oh, so you won't follow me down to New Orleans? You won't follow me down to New Orleans to do a fucking show? But you'll follow me down to New Orleans to fuck? No, 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 no. Well, uh, sexed. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way. Here's a seven-second gif of me jerking this- it. This has become far more disturbing than it ever should have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, far from home. I really enjoyed it. Um, that's the problems, but overall, I think I enjoyed it better than Homecoming. Look forward to watching it again and actually being able to talk about the shit that happens in it. God damn it. <sighs> anyway. 
Uh, the other thing I watched was uh, season three of Stranger Things. Have you seen that cave? I don't. I, I keep trying to get into season two, and it's just like, uh, kids. Do you care if I spoil this one? Not at all. Awesome. Okay, so Hopper's not dead. Who? Uh, the cop. Ah, one of the better characters. Yes, the the as far as I could tell, the fan favorite character who quote unquote died at the end of season three. Oh no, he died. Yes, so he died in an explosion that. For literally every other human being that was in the room when an explosion like this happened, we got to see them get turned into fucking paste. Nothing for him. Hell, I don't even think he was in the shot when the thing exploded. Like, like, the, like he, he was, the, the, the camera was positioned at an angle where we should have seen him. I don't think he was there. But yeah, so plot-wise for season three, uh, going in, uh, fucking L has been living with Pop, getting all fucking family up in there. She and Mike have been dating, and they are those assholes, you know, those asshole teenagers who are dating and spend all their time just in the room making out, including to the exclusion of all of their other friends. Just and getting busy. Yeah, and. Will spends the entire season just wanting to play D and know that feeling. Like that is that like that is literally his entire character motivation outside of we need to kill the fucking mind flare. It's like can we just play D and D? Fucking no, dude. Like fuck, he spends all night one night making a campaign, building the maps, getting everything set up, gets his fucking wizard robes on. And the two people that he and the two people that he fucking just wants to play with are just like fucking standing around talking about their girlfriends. Great. And like this motherfucker spent all goddamn night listening, staying stay in the same room where you two assholes were fucking Doritos and Pepsi burping and shitting. Oh, uh, sorry, to be more appropriate, burping and sharding. <laughs> putting up with your f- fucking disgusting shit and I'm including their relationship talking that disgusting shit to put a game together for you motherfuckers and the only thing you can do is talk about your fucking girlfriends Mike you're a DM you should know better that's honestly my biggest problem with this season is that they are doing an inordinate amount of this season is doing the whole joke of oh boys don't understand girls girls don't understand boys their relationships are in trouble like at one point at one point fucking what's the name Lucas just straight up says girls are a whole other species you can't understand them and I'm just like I'm just like it's 2019 can we stop pulling out this goddamned joke from 1984. Especially because that wasn't even true of characters in 1984. Fucking... I mean, 1984, the year, not the Orwell book. Because <laughs> in the Orwell book, I feel like it'd be girls of other species, so we must fucking regulate them. 
Right, ladies, time to take your fucking pills. If you don't, that's, the thought police are coming for you. That's depressing to think about. <laughs> yeah, a little bit apropos, too. God. God, the world's just fucking on fire. It's trying to get better-ish. No, like, half the world is fucking salting the fire. The other half of the world is just fucking pouring gasoline on it. No, like, a quarter of the world is salting the fire. The other, the like, and half the world is working to try and fix it. Problem is, that quarter is the one that has the salt mines. <laughs> anyway. Yes, yeah, so that's happening. Um, Lucas and Max, they are still fucking dating. Because they fucking hooked, because they got together at the end of season two. Max is the character who's introduced in season two. And it kind of did nothing but get shit on by Mike. Which is a shame. Like, the actress was doing a fine job, and she could potentially have some stuff happen. But no. She was just like, hey, she was like, hey, like, hey I want to be fucking friends with you guys. And Mike's like, no, fuck off, girl. Cooties! We only have one girl, and she's mine. You know, Lucas and Dustin were just like, hey, I want this. No, I want that. But Lucas ends up with her and Dustin gets a haircut. I think that's how season two ended. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah, season, yeah, season two ended with like Mike and L getting to get Mike and L ended up together. Lucas and Max ended up together, um, and then Dustin and Steve being bros. Yeah, that, that, that has also continued. That has also continued into season three, where. Uh, Dustin and Steve are still just BFFs. Like there's a shot in the trailer where they, where like like Dustin comes back from like a summer science camp or something, and and like when and when as soon as they get back, um, Steve goes to sees uh St- Dustin goes to see Steve and Steve's like yo dude and they have this fucking like elaborate like Star Wars themed handshake. Yeah. They're great. Steve's still great. Um and yeah, so this whole season uh kind of revolves around uh Billy. A character was introduced in season two, Max's stepbrother, possible racist and definite abuser. Great. And potential motherfucker. Because he because by the end of season two, he does straight up hit on Mike's mom. And the beginning of season two uh, actually sets up a date to go fuck her. Which she is kind of down for until she sees her fucking dope ass husband. Until she sees her fucking dope husband. And I mean and I mean dope like he is a dopey motherfucker. Sitting on the sitting as fucking lazy boy watching something stupid with a daughter sleeping on him. And he's like, I can't betray my family. Which I guess good on Mike's mom. I guess you passed the very low bar of not cheating on your husband. Anyway, uh, yeah, so he, so the mind flare is still out there doing shit. The weird fucking giant smoke monster is still kicking around in Hawkins and then ends up possessing Billy. So now Billy is basically a zombie going around getting other people and then feeding them to a monster made of meat. Who then injects them with his own meat and makes them zombies. 
part of the hive mind that slowly is growing in Hawkins trying to open up the gate to the upside down. Meanwhile, secretly beneath Hawkins, some Russians have set up a fucking mall. And beneath that mall is a big fucking laser they're trying to use to punch up and hold it upside down for reasons. Which is why we'll be having a season four. And not just because it's a very popular show, it's because they left it open. Yes, that's that why they're doing it. Yes. Despite the fact that this kind of felt like a series finale. Like, it's a big fucking thing. They killed the guy. They got all the bad stuff away. They fucking closed up the gates. And then L and Will leave. They move away. That feels like an end. But no, it's popular, so fucking let's keep the shit rolling. Again, might be a controversial opinion. Might be only me. I like it when stories end. Like you get a fu- you get a fucking like structure and then it stops. There's a definite there's a definitive end to a thing, not just hey we're doing this and then it stops. But there might be something else happening out there. Better get spooked. Like is it just me? No, I agree with you. I'm mainly asking this because I didn't know if you were still there. Sorry, you're talking about something that I don't know anything about, really, and I'm just like... It happens a lot. Yeah, well, my mind is a million other places because life sucks, and sometimes it's really hard to keep wanting to go on. Yeah, I know. Do we need to, like, have a talk about something else? Hmm? I... I... I'm sorry, my mind is actually is genuinely a million miles away right now. And I don't know where to go from here. I know. <laughs> and that's why I'm apologizing. <laughs> uh... See... So yeah, Stranger Things. It is... It, it continues being a good show. Um, I feel like uh, I feel like this season kind of... It's in this weird kind of holding pattern for me, at least in terms of opinion for this season, because it does some things a lot better. Like, like, the, like they have... A, like the ending feels a lot more concrete and not just I'm going to scream at this thing until it blows up and it had like a lot more of an emotional payoff to stuff um it felt a lot more like learning more about kind of hawkins as a town and stuff was interesting um seeing seeing um like all seeing all this kind of shit up uh, some new characters were introduced that i really enjoyed and all that was really fucking cool but at the same time it had all that other bullshit about the relationship stuff. And then it also had this one fucking bit that I think will bug no one but me. And it bugs me because of the way they introduced a gay character. Because 
Because, well, so, A, there's a new character in Stranger Things, and they're gay. And it seems like they'll be sticking around for a while. Which, neat. Uh, her name is Robin. You've seen her in some of the trailers. Uh, she's working with Steve at the ice cream parlor. And, yeah, she's cool. Uh, she starts out a bit, bit Mary Sue-ish. Because she speaks four languages, decodes a Russian message despite not speaking Russian, and then figures out a Russian spy code in a matter of minutes. But to be fair, the Russian spy code was kind of stupid, and to be fair also, it just feels like bad writing. Like, they came up with the idea, of, all right, Russian spy code, do this thing, and they beat them all. And then they couldn't figure out how to actually do it properly, just wrote the code stupid. And we're like, hey, yeah, this character is good at languages. Woo. And like her and Steve just kind of like shitting on each other, you know, like friends do, was pretty great. Um, she was she's very she's very funny and has some like very easy chemistry with a lot of people in the show. Um, and going forward, I really want to see her get like more like she got she kind of got like, you know, thrown into the deep end with this shit. And so I kind of want to see more of her in the story when she is not just freaking the bitch out about everything that's happening because you know this is her first season of Stranger Things and Steven and Dustin are on their third so seeing what happens in season 4 will be interesting but the thing that kind of bugged me, bugged me about like how they kind of like she is she is gay and the way they go about revealing that is spending the entire season building up a will they won't they of whether or not Steve will fucking just propose, hey, let's date to each other. And then he does that when they're both high on fucking Russian drugs. Great. And then she's like, hey, yeah, fucking look behind you. Look at your fucking school or whatever. Because they, they had a conversation previously about her, like, you know, staring at him in school or whatever. And the reason that she was staring at him was because she was jealous of him because a girl in their class was into him. And she wanted her to be into her. This is after his confession. And then he immediately goes, immediately goes, oh, okay, you're gay. Okay, we're still bros. Yo, that bitch fucking sucks. <laughs> Which felt like just a... It felt bad to me. Because I... I've gone on record. I hate Will They Won't Days. Mm -hmm. They are lazy TV writing. And it feels especially lazy in a show that is eight episodes... Because wow. they already know how this is going to go. They have a clearly defined boom, boom, this is the story we're telling. Whereas essentially an eight-hour movie. Whereas in fucking network television, it is, okay, we have, we have, we have, we have fucking 15 episodes. Then then, they, then those run. Okay, okay, now we have 22 episodes. Let's fucking do the rest of these. And they have no idea how long their show will go, but they need to keep people watching. So they're just going to fucking, they're just going to fucking bait them along. It's like, hey, hey, are they going to, are they going to, are they going to, are they going to? Essentially, having a dollar bill on the end of a the end of a string attached to a fucking fishing pole, just seeing how long they can get someone to fucking follow the money before they just give up. Whereas with this, they're trying to do that with an audience who is already who is already fucking here for everything. Like they are, like they know they have their fucking audience. So what was the point of this other than we want her being gay to be a reveal? Which just fucking bugs me. Like, if if this had of been... If this had of been a thing where it was, like, Paranorman. Where they are fucking... 
where like one character thinks they're in a fucking will they won't they scenario and they get to the end and it's whoops they're gay like for those that don't know in Paranorman um, two of the two of the kind of primary characters um, Norman's sister and then this fucking big football jock dude they spend a good chunk of the movie together the girl's constantly hitting on the guy and he is showing fucking no interest in her and the movie plays it off as oh he's big and dumb so he doesn't see that she's hitting on him gets to the end and and the fuck and they're like and she's like goes for one final hit on and he's like man my boyfriend isn't gonna believe any of this anyway later dude <laughs> and just leaves and she's like wait what yeah I remember that it was great yeah that was great and if it had have been like that where Steve knew from the jump and while Dustin is like yo you fucking like yo fuck you fucking into her you fucking go Act around and stuff, and Steve just goes, "No, I can't do that," and then kind of doesn't get into the reason because it isn't his place to tell anybody else that she's gay. Mm-hmm. Then they're both high on drugs in the fucking bathroom, and then she, and then he, and then I go and like he begins doing the thing of like, "Hey, Dustin's like fucking this, this, and that," and they just start fucking like, and they have this moment of like, you know, them staring at each other with longing eyes, cutting back and forth, and they both just start laughing. Like that would have been a better thing, but you still could have had that build up. I would have hated the build up, then they get to the payoff, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. But no, they didn't. Instead, it was the build up, the build up, the build up, the build up. Here's the payoff. She's gay. And Steve immediately goes from, oh, I think I'm in love with you, to now he just bros. Which, yeah, cool. Fucking gay acceptance, whatever. That's good. My problem here is with the writing. Just had have Steve. No, she was gay from the jump. What would have been so bad about that? Or hell, have Steve not know and have everyone be obsessing about the will they won't they and then the moment finally comes and she's like, sorry, I'm gay. Oh, cool. Can I see your tits at some point? <laughs> no. Can we still be friends? Sure. <laughs> that actually happened. That oh. actually happened in real life. Oh, um, God. Yeah, uh, one of my friends, I knew she was gay, but another one of my friends didn't know she was gay, and he decided to ask her out, and she said no. Now, this was while they were both drunk, and he asked if he could see her tits, and she was like, sure, and just whipped him out in the middle okay. of the room. That adds <laughs> a bit was, more context. She she was a really chill person, and I kind of miss hanging out with her. <laughs> <laughs> Not just because I've seen her tits. <laughs> but yeah, so that was my main problem with that whole, I guess, coming out of the character. Mm-hmm. Just that it was couched in this stupid fucking relationship, couched in this stupid fucking relationship drama that could have been a lot better. They could have been a lot better written and a lot better resolved with a much funnier joke. <sighs> but anyway. Yeah, I'm still really dig Stranger Things. Uh, this might be the season with the most annoying stuff in it, but it's also season with some of the most most interesting visuals and most interesting like scenes happening. So, kind of a give and take with this with this season, but yeah, let's see what they do next season. I look forward to the season long arc leading to the reveal that Hopper is still alive. <gasps> Spoilers, dead man. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. 
of watching that on the news. Because I actually have news. Because I've, I've, I've gotten fucking... I've gotten a bit more on fucking point with that shit. But anyway. So first up, uh, Taika Waititi. Uh, the director of Thor Ragnarok. As well as a bunch of fucking... A little bit of fucking New Zealand shit. Uh, has also signed on to direct Thor 4. Thor for who? Thor for us, apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, the project uh, scheduled for... It's currently scheduled for release on May 21st, 2021. Uh, has officially gotten Waititi back to write and direct. Uh, which... Quote unquote, unfortunately, uh, pushes back the adaptation of Akira, which YT was also working on. Because, oh, oh no. Oh, no. no. We'll be getting the, we'll be getting the live action Akira. Aren't, aren't you all so upset about that? Oh, wait. Let, let me pretend to aren't, care. Aren't you all? Aren't oh, you all so saddest of days. Saddest of days. Okay, please stop doing that in my ear. <laughs> Interesting to see how that comes out in the recording. It will be painful. I promise <laughs> you. Uh, but yeah, uh, so that's happening. Um, Thor Ragnarok, while being, the be- while being not the same Thor movie as the other Thor movies at all in any way, shape, or form was also the best Thor movie. Yeah. That's that's a no question, no brainer moment for me there. Yeah, like it was like it was good, and that's kind of why I didn't like it that much. It's like, yeah, this is technically the best of these Thor movies. That's mainly because it's not a Thor movie. It's a whole fucking thing that's been bugging me when thinking about this movie since I saw it. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, We still got some time. In the meantime, we will have probably infinity more goddamn Marvel fucking movies. Jesus Christ, there's so many of them. They just had their fucking big... Ah, fuck. Marvel movies are becoming like Marvel comics at this point. That's not a good thing. Just we're going to build up to this big fucking nightmare scenario that's going to be happening. And then before anybody has any time to fucking recover from that, here's everyone dealing with that instantly. Like, cause it was, it was like what, two months in between Endgame and Far From Home. Mm, yeah, about. Yeah, that's not long enough. Yeah, no, I felt like maybe like a, I don't know, a year. Just something so that's not just, so that it's not just like, all right, so movie comes out, boom. You got hit with all this big bullshit, and then instantly, it's like, hey, here's fucking lighthearted Spider-Man movie. What had Mysterio's in it? Look at the fucking fishbowl helmet. Blah. Anyway, speaking of heavy shit, final news. Uh, so 13 Reasons Why 
had a fucking thing happen. They removed the scene of Hannah Baker killing herself. Really? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Netflix, um, in a statement released on Monday, uh, they said that they came to a decision along with the show's creator, Brian Yorkie, and the producers, as well as, as well as from the advice of medical experts, uh, to edit out the scene in season one where Hannah kills herself. Because in Interesting season one, choice. because in season one of Thirteen Reasons Why, we get to see full on right in the fucking camera, Hannah just kill herself. Which, literally, anybody who knows anything about suicide said at the time, "Yeah, don't fucking do that. That's bad." Yes, yeah, so Netflix said in their statement, "Quote." We've heard from many young people that 13 Reasons Why encourage them to start conversations about difficult issues like depression and suicide and get help, often for the first time. As we prepare to launch Season 3 later this summer, we've been mindful of the ongoing debate around the show. So on the advice of medical experts, including Dr. Christine Moutier, I probably butchered that name and I apologize, Chief Medical Officer at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, we've decided with creator Brian Yorkie and the producers to edit, and the, to edit the scene in which Hannah takes her own life from Season 1. This decision coming only two years after airing that scene. Scene's three minutes long. And it depicts her slitting her wrists and sitting in the bathtub as she slowly falls unconscious. At which point her parents run in and see the body. In the new cut, they have removed everything except the parents... Finding the body. I. I don't like this move. Not because I feel like they should be keeping the thing in there because of artistic integrity or whatever. Like, no, fuck that. I don't like this move because this move is like very clearly a publicity stunt. Yeah, they're going to be coming out with a new season. Yeah, like the new, the new season's coming out, and the talk about remove it, the talk about that scene not should should be not in the show has been there since that scene aired. Since people saw that scene, there have been people saying you shouldn't have shown that scene, and so this can only mean that when they come around to season four, they're gonna be releasing a statement saying we removed the scene where one character gets sodomized with a broomstick. Is that an actual thing? That is an actual thing that happened in season two. In season two, one of the characters uh, gets, like, he's, like, the fucking, you saw season one, right? No. Okay. Yes, but no. <laughs> like, I don't remember it because it was a pile of trash that I don't cape in my memory. Okay, so there's there's a character in the, season, in the show called Tyler. He was the photographer. Uh, and he was bullied a lot. At the end of season one, we see him putting an assault rifle into a giant pelican case. And then nothing comes to that for, for the most of season two. Then in season two, he gets assaulted in a bathroom where one of the fucking baseball players uh, grabs his head, shoves it into a sink, fucking gives him a swirly, then pulls out a mop and shoves the handle of it up his ass. Like on screen. Wow. At which point he then goes home and gets his gun and goes to shoot up a school dance. Yeah. Not to kill the guy who fucking 
sodomized him with a mop, but just to, but just to shoot up the school. <laughs> this show is bad, and was written by people who would put a who would put an explicit scene of fucking a kid slitting their goddamn wrists in their show that's supposed to be starting a conversation about mental health. Fucking start a conversation. That bullshit. We're supposed to sort of start a conversation between two of their parents about depression and bullying. No, you fucking don't. You're making an exploitation series. Yeah. And if you had the fucking exactly balls to doing. goddamn admit it. Like, I... While there may be psychological aspects to showing someone killing themselves in a movie. I don't have a problem with showing suicide in film. Just like just like I don't have a problem with showing rape in film. Those are like those are things that fucking happen. Those, those things that happen and removing them from fucking film is a whole other fucking thing. But they need to be done like right. If, if you're going to be doing it, if you're going to be doing a thing like this that you are saying that you're doing, if you're doing a thing that is about sexual assault and the effect it has on people, then you need to handle those fucking topics with with the appropriate fucking weight that they have. But the way you goddamn do them, it was like a fucking exploitation movie, showing someone just straight up slip their goddamn wrists, showing. A rape on the screen that, as far as I could tell, had no reason to be shown other than to gender sympathy for a character who is unsympathetic. Like, I, with season three coming out, I actually did, I actually wanted to fucking pitch the idea to you of just straight up just biting the bullet and just doing 13 Reasons no. Why. No, I'm not doing that to myself. Like, this is going to be one of those times where I just put my foot down and flat out say no. Yeah. That's fine. But like that fucking scene where where Bryce rapes Hannah that is shown again on screen is, yes, very harrowing, but not because, oh, God, this horrible thing is happening to Hannah, this character I know. It's no, this horrible thing is happening to another living person. That that fucking scene, that scene is the only time throughout watching 13 Reasons Why that I ever felt any amount of sympathy for Hannah. Fuck Hannah Baker. She is a bad character and one who I do not feel any amount of emotion for unless they are literally doing the worst thing that can happen to a person. (laughs) Fuck 13 Reasons Why. 13 Reasons Why is a bad show. I did not think I would have this strong of an opinion about 13 Reasons Why. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, shit. I did not know this, apparently. So this is something something that's in uh, the article from The Wrap that I did not know about. Uh, So... After the series release in April, 
Um, a study in the Journal of, of the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry reported an increase in teen suicides following the release of the series. Doesn't surprise me. That study has had its findings contested. Also doesn't surprise me. No, but fucking still. And also, fuck this guy. Uh, so Reed Hastings, the Netflix chief, uh, the guy running Netflix, uh, defended the show against critics uh, at an annual shareholder meeting saying, it's engaging content and it is controversial, but nobody has to watch it. Yeah, I fucking hate when people try and use that to defend their terrible crap. You don't have to watch it. First off, some people do have to watch it. It's their fucking job because they signed on to this website. Hi. Second off, that doesn't justify making garbage. Yeah. You've left a foul taste in dead man's mouth, Reed. Yeah. That should make you feel something. If not shame, then arousal? (laughs) (laughs) That is the reaction I wanted. No one should feel arousal by hearing me going, yeah. God, perfection. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) that does it for news. Uh, New releases wise, uh, so this week, the week of fucking 19th of July, we got the new Lion King. Why? Like, just why for all these Disney movies? Why? They money. You know. You know what else? No, at least uh, one of the heirs to the Disney fortune is finally taking notice of the fact that their workers are being treated like shit. Oh, one of the people in charge has. My no, God. no, no, not in charge. The the heirs, they aren't in charge. They just get access to the money. Oh, you mean one rich person who has who can do nothing about it? Yeah, but oh at least there's God. that. Oh, my God. At least there's that. <sighs> like, like everyone's, everyone's always like, yeah, we can make money. They make money out of this. You can also make money fucking releasing those original movies on Blu-ray. Or any of your TV series on Blu-ray. Yeah. You know what else that would do? Not cost you hundreds of millions of dollars. And would make you hundreds of millions of dollars. But no, instead... Disney, you... Like, my favorite thing about Disney is the fucking Disney vault. Oh, it's coming out of the vault. Oh, it's in the vault. Just put the movies fucking out there for people to buy. Yeah, fuck... You motherfuckers. You motherfuckers. No, instead, they're going to spend fucking millions of dollars developing, as far as I can tell, based on, based on other people's opinions of it, some of the best animal CGI ever. But then pairing it with a cartoon story about cartoon characters. Like, yeah, you made really, really realistic looking lions. But you still use a tiger roar when they're fucking doing their roaring, aren't you? 
Is that a thing? Yeah. Lions roar. Ro- lions apparently roar like roar like trash. So they use, so they replace it with a tiger roar because it sounds more intimidating. Well, there you go. I didn't know that. You're like, let me. I kind of want to hear a genuine lion roar now. Like, let me. That that might be. That might be fake. I don't know. I remember. I remember hearing that. You might also have it backwards. You know, they use lion roars in place of tigers. Okay. Um. Yeah. So this is. Yeah, so um accordingly, uh what this came from was um so Leo the Lion, the lion for MGM. Mm-hmm. Um Leo's current roar, um, recreated by Mark Mangini in nineteen eighty two, consists of tiger vocalizations. As Mangini later stated, lions don't make the kind of ferocious noises and and the logo needed to be ferocious and majestic. Yeah, like lion roars, uh, they kind of like are a lot deep, or they're a lot more like back in the throat and kind of like go up at a go up to a weird octave when they roar. Mm-hmm. As opposed to tigers, which are a lot more like guttural, just kind of. Yeah, lions got a bit more. Lions have a bit more range in their roars. Meanwhile, tigers sound a lot more like fucking metal. Like you can't, like you can't have, like you can't have some like fucking lion go out there. It's like, all right, time for your roar. <laughs> that is the roar I want to hear from now on. <laughs> yeah, just go, just re-edit Lion King to replace, yeah, re-edit Lion King to replace all lion roars with real lion roars. Just get to the end scene, the rain's coming down. You just hear coming through, coming through the fucking thunder. <laughs> oh God, that's so dumb. I love it. Of course you do. Anyway, then next week, fucking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. New Tarantino movie. I have kind of seen nothing of this movie. I think I saw one trailer. But there is another movie coming out next week that I have no intention of seeing, but I know the ending of it. It's fucking hilarious. Which movie? I believe this is the movie. Uh, where, yeah, so it's called Skin. Let me just double check to make sure this is actually the movie I'm thinking of. Uh, Okay, I... Okay, this might be it, it might not be, but I know that there was a film that was, like, there was a film that came out that, so this movie's about a fucking, like, skinhead. Okay. Got a bunch of tattoos and stuff. There was another movie that came out 
or it might be this movie or it might be another movie that was about a like neo-Nazi or whatever or something who got fucking caught by who like got his fucking skin tattooed all black and then was shot by his son who was trying to be a neo-Nazi because the son thought that his tattooed dad was black. Man, it's just a depressing day today. The fact that that's even a thing that I potentially believe might have happened. Okay, so. I was kind of wrong. So. Skin. There is a, there's a movie called Skin. Um, yeah, movie called Skin. Written, uh, fucking written, directed by um, Guy Nativ. It is coming out, uh, like, theater-wise um this like next week but he had did a short drama film of the same goddamn name like fucking last year that won the fucking oscar for best live action short that was about a fucking neo-nazi who got kidnapped by black people tattooed to be entirely black and then was shot by his son <laughs> that movie fucking won best picture that movie fucking won an Oscar god oh god movies are st- Oscars are fucking stupid <sighs> anyway that's it for this week thank you all for joining us uh, we'll be back at some fucking point more of this shit. Then I'm dead. And I'm Cave. We'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. Have a wonderful time. Yeah, I'm